Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the On The Brink podcast. I am sorry that Friday episode didn't happen. I, to be honest with you, I made a blender and I didn't, I didn't even realize it was Friday until about, that was Friday until like 1 o'clock in the morning. Then I realized that yesterday was Friday. So that that's my bad. I take full responsibility and I will do better. But if you like my podcast and you want to leave some feedback, you know, you can hit me up on Twitter uh, at Gaming on Dubrink. And you can also follow me on Facebook. Um, I do want to start off this episode um, talking a little bit about two things. Um, I did finally get around to playing Bioshock Infinite. Uh, I thought it was a good game. A really good game. I like the story. I did play it on easy. I'll, I'll be the first one that I played on easy. Because I was going for some trophies. That I'm, I'm trying to get the platinum on it. Um, I just started my 1999 play uh, mode uh, playthrough. Um, to get the like last four trophies. Which all tied to the highest difficulty. Um, so we'll be trying to get that trophy too. But I'm going to put that game on the side. Because of the other topic I'll be talking about in a little bit. Um, but I, I thought it had a, uh, a good story. Uh, the two main characters, Booker and uh, Elizabeth, I thought were interesting enough characters. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a game that may trigger some people. I thought it was fine, you know. They was telling a story. It does have things in there that, you know, would offend people, but what doesn't offend people? Um, but, I mean, they don't really touch on it all that much, in my in my opinion. It's more about the infinite world possibilities, you know. And if you haven't played any of the Bioshock games... Um, and you did download the collection for free and you haven't, haven't played it yet. Um, and you want to play Infinite. You can play Bioshock Infinite first. And you don't even have to play the first two. Because the first two, in a way, uh, Bioshock Infinite in a way, is a prequel to Bioshock 1 and 2. Because this is set in 1912. Has the... First one I think was set in 1960, and the second one was set in 1968. So you don't have to play the first two to play about to play Infinite. Um, I thought the uh, the gameplay was was solid. Uh, the the shooting mechanics were were you know fluid enough. The story can be inconsistent at times. It can leave people confused on what is going on. Um, and a big change from the first two is the fact that you can only carry two weapons at a time, and so you have to choose which weapons you want to use. Unlike, you know, the first two where you had, you can have like four weapons on you at a time, um, so you didn't really have to choose all that much, and this one you do, uh... But the weapons that they do give you 
are very uh, fluid. They they sound they sound good when they shoot. Uh, it's not too you know brutal and demanding. Just having two weapons, it just makes you you got you got like think you know. On now, if you're playing like on the easier difficulty, you don't really all that much have to conserve your ammo. But if you're going to play on like hard or the 1999 mode, then it is recommended you conserve your ammo because you don't get as much ammo, and the enemies can literally two shot you throughout the story. Uh, so you do have to manage what you're doing. So you don't, so you don't get messed up and, you know, put yourself in a situation. Because in the 1999 mode, to, if you're going for the trophy, you cannot use a dollar machine. Which means you cannot buy no health, you can't buy no salts, and you can't buy any ammo. So you really, you just, you got to scavenge everything that you find. Uh, whether that's off the enemies that you killed... Or it's just, you know, digging through, like, desk and stuff. Uh, so, scavenging, from what I heard, it, you really want to scavenge if we're going to go for that trophy. Um, but I'm, I am put that game to the side for a moment because I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. And I absolutely love the game. As far as swords go, I think it has one of the smoothest sword mechanics that I've ever played. Uh, the combat system's uh, very, very good. Uh, what I've played of the story is good. I've only, I've probably played the game for about total, maybe 8 to 10 hours probably at this point. Um, I haven't really even touched any of the story. I've been exploring the world, doing the side quest, visiting different locations. You know, I want to experience what the game has to offer instead of just rushing through the story. Uh, some of the mythic tales are cool. I'm not going to spoil any of that. Uh, I like the... Uh, the fact that it doesn't have a traditional leveling system. They do have a leveling system. It's just used in a different way. Call it an honor system. You get points as you play. Um, but. It's not too brutal. You never feel like you're. Like overpowered. Well, correct you. You never feel like you're underpowered to do any of the activities. Um, you never feel like you're underpowered to do anything in the game. Is really you just gotta pay attention to. You really have to pay attention to enemy movements and t time. You know, timing your blocks and stuff, because it's more game. If you if you mess up, you you're really gonna get punished. Especially if you're playing on medium or hard, 
uh, you really got to learn the timing. So, I know that type of combat system may not be for everybody, and that may turn some people off. But the more you play it, the more you're going to get used to the combat system, and I think people will like it. Um, there's a tons of side quests. I'm sure more unlock as you're progressing through the story, but the first initial side quests you get are pretty long. Um, you know, you got different, you know, skill trees, you got your ghost weapons, you know, and your sub, your evasion tactics. Uh, so there's a lot to uh, customize. You get different stances that you can, uh, you, that you unlock and you can customize uh, to how you see fit. You got horse, you got like a little flute. Um, I think all the voice voice acting so far has been really good. Um, the character customization uh, seems pretty cool. You know, it, it does take items to unlock said, you know, customizations, but that's fine. Uh, that comes just with over time of playing the game. Um, I, in my, I know a lot of people are, some people are not a big fan of open world games. They just want, some people just want a linear game that you, you just go to store and just, which is, you can do that in this game. You can just pro probably just go straight to the story if you want to. Um, I'm choosing not to, um. Will I try to platinum this game? Yes, I will try to platinum Ghost of Tsushima. But my first initial playthrough is just to enjoy the game. I'm not so much worried about trophies. This is one of the few games that I did not worry about trophies. When I, the only other game so far this year, I haven't really worried about trophies that I actually wanted to play was this and FF7 Remake. Those two games, I didn't care about the trophies when I first went through. I just played the game to enjoy it. Um, now, if you're like, if you're like a trophy completionist, you know, I'm sure you could platinum the game in probably one playthrough. I'm choosing that too. Um, I don't know if anybody's platinum the game yet since it's a very new game. Would it surprise me if somebody's attempted to already? No. Because, you know, tro tro some trophies you're going to unlock just by going through the story. I'm sure there's several trophies tied to the story alone that you will get. Some games have, like, 10 to 14 trophies alone tied to the story. Uh, and then, you know, the trophies you get probably by complete certain objectives. Um, you know, like, raids, I mean, like, forts and stuff. But, the, my early, like, my, I would guess what you call my, like, early review of Ghost of Tsushima, I'd give it a good solid 9. I, I do give it a good solid 9 because, again, good gameplay, good mechanics, so far, uh, good storytelling. Uh, my very, yeah, so my very early review is, is a 9. I know there's some people saying, oh, don't buy Ghost of Tsushima. You know, this is just another rip-off open world game. 
listen. If you want to buy the game, don't feel pressured not to buy the game. Just because somebody says that you should not buy it. It's going to vary from person to person. Um, like my friend said, I had said one time. It's the same thing with multiplayer games. You know, some people like to pick on open world games. But some people will say, you know, this, you know, I have to buy the sports game, you know. For I'm just using that example. And people, I got to buy the sports game, you know. It's a new one. Well, you're still getting the same thing. Just the updated roster. And a lot of people have realized that that's all you're really getting with sports games is an updated roster. Which is fine if that's what you want to play. Don't feel ashamed to get it. And the same thing goes with open world games. If you enjoy open world games that are single player, you know, buy them to your heart's content. Never let somebody persuade you not to. The only time you shouldn't buy a game or support a game. Because uh, I had, speaking of that, I had watched a video last night on YouTube about, about a guy that was talking about stuff like that. The only time you shouldn't support a game is if you watch a, a trailer online that is about the game and it's totally not what it advertises. I mean, there's a few examples of that. Uh, when No Man's Sky first released, what they had, what they was hyping up and talking about, was not what the final product was. It was at all. Um, they changed a lot. Um, Anthem was another one that they really hyped up. They showed a whole trailer. Come to find out that that was nothing like what they was advertising the game to be. Um, and I, much as I really like the game, I do, I do love Destiny 1. Um, when it first, before it had launched, they had hyped it up, and this is what it's going to be, and then it was nothing like it was actually going to be. Now, you know, which is, which is wrong, yes, but if you still want to support the game, then that's your decision. You know, don't feel ashamed to not support them if you don't want if you want to. Uh, I don't want to make anybody feel like they don't have to support a game or they do. It's your decision. Um, look, I bought Destiny One. I loved it. Yoshishima, I love it. You know, and some people feel you know that way about certain things, whether that's a sports game or whether that's a remake. There's a lot of people out there that think uh, remakes of games are ripoffs, just because. You have the game already. Why do you need to buy it again? And Ghost of Tsushima looks like a very beautiful game. It, it is a very beautiful game. And which makes me curious to see how Ghost of Tsushima is going to run and look on the PlayStation 5. Um, so that does have me interested. I'm hoping that they come out and say that if you bought the Ghost of Tsushima on the PlayStation 4, you can transfer it over to the 5. But, it's such a great game, man. If I have to buy it again, shit, I'll buy it again. Um, but I'm hoping that you're able to port it over 
to the next-gen system. I don't think they have confirmed that yet. Not too many games have been confirmed to be able to, you know, upgrade to the next version. And we also did learn that the Xbox One X is being discontinued. And it comes from a credible source. Uh, I have found out from watching uh, Review Tech USA's video that the Xbox One X is being discontinued. Um, I guess they feel like, you know, since the Xbox One X, no, not Xbox One X, my bad, Xbox Series X will be coming out and possibly it's all digital console. There's no need to have an Xbox, you know, original Xbox, an Xbox Series S, an Xbox One, uh, One X, then a Series X, and then the, you know, whatever the digital is called, whether it's called Lockhart or not, that would just be a lot of consoles on the market at one time, and all at different price points, and some people that are not big into games, uh... You know, whether it's like a mom, heck, it could be a dad too, that are not really into games, but their kid is, and their kid says, hey, I, you know, I want an Xbox, right? I want the newest Xbox, right? So, for the parent that is not into games, that know nothing about games at all, it says, okay, he wants the newest Xbox, right? And they're going to look and say, look at all these different Xboxes, that's like, you know, five or six different Xboxes. They're going to think, oh, wait. So these are all the same, same Xboxes. So I'm going to go ahead and get my kid the cheapest one. So if they buy the cheapest one for their kid, then they're going to take it home to their kid. And their kid's going to be disappointed because it's not the Xbox Series X. Because the parent didn't know. And so, you know, by getting rid of... Uh, I mean, it's, they still have tons out there. I think the S, from what I've heard also in the report, is being discontinued. Uh, but they will still manufacture some. Uh, but, by getting rid of them, I know this is, is going to be a very controversial opinion. And it's... So I do want to warn people, this may trigger some people. I am fine with them discontinuing the current gen before the next gen comes out. Because several studios have come out and said to make games for four different consoles is very hard. And there's only there's a lot of people that complain that it looks like the current gen is has left graphical input than the next gen and people get very pissed off about that but you have to stop and realize that it's next gen they had to somewhat down, downgrade it to make it run on you know, the older systems instead of the new ones. And so, like, they did that with a lot of games going from the 3 to the 4. There were certain games, especially in the, like, the 
sport game uh, sports game area. Uh, when they came to their story modes, they cut them out of the PlayStation Three versions altogether. Uh, the two notable games that did it was uh, Dota V and NBA. When you when we was going from three to the four, they had talked about you know an in depth you know groundbreaking like career mode you know on on like a scale with voice acting up and everything. And to a point they did they did that. Now the PS3 versions did have a career mode, but it it was. It was the least interesting curve mode. It was the standard PS3 curve mode. You just do the rookie coach showcase and get drafted and that's it. There was no story to it. You just played games. So they cut out the curve modes completely. Now we're already seeing that certain games are being exclusively made for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. Gears of War. I think the next Gears of War. I think... It's only going to run on the Xbox Series X. Spider-Man, the new uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales has it right now. It's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. It's not going to be released on any other console. Um, the new Resident Evil game is only going to run on new-gen consoles. And so I do think stu- some studios have realized... Just go ahead and make it for the next gen consoles exclusively. Yes, we're going to lose out on a lot of money by not doing it. But, like, people were were a little upset that Resident Evil was not coming to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And they said the reason why it's not coming to current gen consoles is for the fact that one of the big tally points of both consoles is that less loading, you know, make you feel like you're more in the world of whatever game you're playing. And they said that for them to make Resident Evil Village to run on current consoles, they would have to cut some things out and pump in a a whole bunch of loading screens to make the game run. And that's not what they want to do. They're not wanting to put loading screens in. They're wanting to cut loading times down. And that's especially one of the big talent points of the PlayStation 5 is a seamless world that you won't see a loading screen. And so far, what they have showed, uh, especially with the Ratchet Kank uh, on the instant loading, was good. Which makes me excited for you know both consoles, if that's true. And you're not going to see a loading screen. Um, some games on the floor... Uh, just just take too too much time to load. Uh, Destiny Two, when you're booting up the game and stuff, and that initial loading screen, it takes a while to go through that process of that loading screen. Uh, one of my favorite remakes of the year, Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, it takes you into the world. But they do break it up with loading screens to a point to transition to chapter chapter. Uh, so far, I haven't really noticed that with Ghost of Tsushima. Um, but there's certain games, you know, that just take 
that take a while to load. You know, some of the Bioshock games, you have loading screens on. You know, it's fine, but, you know, if you can remove it. Now, I'm not holding that against Bioshock at all because those games weren't originally made for the PlayStation 4. They was made for the 3 and 360. The collection is the remastered version of them for the current gen consoles. So I'm not holding that against it because that was those games were actually made for last last gen consoles. Um, so I'm I'm not gonna hold that over them. Um, but if I had to recommend Ghost of Tsushima, I would give my approval because it is a fantastic game. Uh, especially for sixty bucks, I think you're going to get your money's worth. Uh, don't feel ashamed if you have to play the game on easy. Don't feel ashamed. Some people do. Uh, but if you want to play Ghost of Tsushima, it is a fantastic game. I think you're going to get your money's worth. You're going to invest quite a bit of time into it. And some people may find out that, that they like it. Now, if you know somebody that has bought Ghost of Tsushima... Or has an extra copy, like a family member or something. Ask a family member if you can borrow a copy and try it out. You know. If you have a chance to play it for free. Whether it's from a friend or a family member. You know, if they're not playing. See if you can borrow it. And then, you know, see if you like it. And then if you like it, you can go out and buy you one. They buy a copy. Uh, but it's a fantastic game. As soon as I'm done recording podcast, I'm going to hop back onto it. Uh, and then once I beat the game and get through a lot of stuff, I will get my full review of the game. I might post it to my YouTube channel. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but that's going to do it for, uh, this week's edition of the On The Brink podcast. Again, you can follow me at Gaming On The Brink on Twitter. You can follow me on Facebook. Um... But until until next Friday, see ya.